I listen to every single podcast. So like this <laughs> kind of like, I feel like I'm gathering information on everyone's like, oh, this person likes this. Mm-hmm. Kind of creepy when I put it that way. Well, I, I, yeah, I think, um, I, I like to think that, you know, of the, uh, of the, like 50 people who listen to this podcast, I think hmm, 40 of them are, work for the we company. All, all of us are, <laughs> it's just us listening to each other. We, we just, we're just getting, we, we are our own friends here at Fangamer. We are the Ouroboros <laughs> of friends. <laughs> Hello, Internet. We are your friends at Fangamer, and this is the podcast where you get to hang out with weirdos who work at a video game merchandising company. I'm your host, Charlie, and I'm joined today by Cedric and Danny. Say hello. Hi. Hello. Cedric is doing this thing with some finger guns, and he's pointing at Danny like, you go first here, or I'm assuming that's the communication. Was that the communication? I just just wanted to finger gun point at you. (laughs) Okay. And it worked. <laughs> I mean, I did go first, so <laughs> you, it, you got it elicited a response. Mm-hmm. Cedric, uh, you've never been on this podcast before, so let's start by introducing you. Who are you? What are you doing here? Who sent you? And are you a spy for Slugworth? For who? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, folks. <laughs> <laughs> have, have you ever seen uh, Willy Wonka and the Char- Chocolate Factory? Oh yes, but a very long time. Very, very long time ago. Sure, sure. He, he's that like creepy guy who like approaches Charlie in a back alley, saying, "Oh, if you see any everlasting gobstoppers, bring one to me, and I will make you just so wealthy." Oh my God. Okay, it's ringing a bell now. <laughs> All right. No. So clearly not, not, no, not, not a spy. spy. Okay, cool. All right. We're just a um, really good spy. <laughs> it's my secret. I'm holding it. Um, but no, I am, uh, as you said, my name is Cedric. I, uh, I got hired in to Fangamer in about April, mid-April-ish. And so super fresh. Yes. Everything's yeah. a blur. Everything is a blur because so. of PAX, but we'll get to that later. Sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think it was Audrey who put in a good word for me and mm-hmm. I came to visit and worked a couple days here and I guess Reed really liked me, so... Here I am in this hot, hot desert with no humidity. I'm from Chicago. I'm used to humidity. <laughs> so, well, born in Rockford, lived in the suburbs of Chicago for a while. But yeah, it's um, it's very different out here. For sure. So what did you do before you worked here, before you came on? A lot of things. But right before I got here, I was moving back to Rockford just because I had to... Uh, some things didn't work out, and I had to move back to Rockford from the suburbs. So before that, I was working as uh, a little while before that. I was a manager, furniture department head at World Market, so mm. retail. And then I also worked a job at um, Amazon, where we just worked in the warehouse, where it's just like patches come in. You know, you get them on like a certain cart, and then you wheel those carts out to the people who. Um, the flex drivers, like, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Amazon, but they have, like, these flex drivers that will come in. I mean, I'm familiar with Amazon, like, generally. I don't know about their, all of their workings. Okay, so <laughs> they have their, 
their regular drivers, which, you know, you see the van and stuff like that. Those are their regular drivers. But in the suburbs, they have flex drivers as well. So people will bring their own personal car and they will load up their personal car with a certain route that we have staged for them. Hmm. And then they will do it. And Amazon pays them that way. Just So it's sort of like uh, whenever suddenly there's a bunch of orders and you go out to this one specific neighborhood, then that's these, these drivers who are more flexible, they, they go out to where are they are needed as needed. And this happens like alongside their drivers as well. So you've got mm-hmm. the vans going out and you have the flex drivers coming in, picking stuff up like two shifts one in the morning and then one in the afternoon and it's just it's pretty hectic (laughs) especially like around uh their christmas time i can imagine that here it's going to be just as scary but i'm going to be used to it (laughs) packages going everywhere i expect packages to be flying across the rooms for sure yeah (laughs) remember when amazon just sold books no no all right (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so, Danny, I don't think I asked this from you when you were on last. So, like, same question. What did you do before you came to work for Fangamer? Absolutely nothing. Okay. So, first job. First job. Yes. All right. First real job. I mean, I've done things. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Go on. <laughs> like, I helped uh, do some construction stuff with my dad and, like, you know, automotive stuff and just whatever was needed help i don't know i've done a lot sure sure it's like small small temporary jobs to to get some extra cash but nothing like on the payroll before now yeah for a bit i went to wrestling school so that was a little thing i did and then i moved what, what, hold on oh, i gotta <laughs> let's back up what's like the curriculum at wrestling school you learn how to bump a lot. That's like the main thing you got to get down, how to fall without hurting yourself. Sure. All right. That's very important. Yeah. So that's like step one. And then from there, you learn how to throw a punch, and then a kick, and then how to throw someone. Yeah. There was that. And then every Wednesday, we started doing promo classes to get like character development and like comfortability on the mic and whatnot. So it's like an acting class. Sure. Yeah. That sounds uh, kind of like all right. So how long does this is this last? Is it like a two year course, or is it just like a, a few weeks? Or? It's really hard to describe because wrestling is such a weird carny thing that like I was there for a couple of months and never got my first match. But mm. kids that were there around the same time had theirs, and it's less of a progression thing and just like what they need at the time mm-hmm. to like fill spots. So. And then even after they, like, start, they're still going to the classes and okay, stuff. Okay, okay. So it's like a continuous – it's like acting class. Like, you never stop going yeah, you never you never class. stop learning. Yeah. And that's it's a sign of a good wrestler if you can go out there and, like, continue learning from people and, like, pick up different styles and, like, develop your own thing in the ring. Helps you stand out. That's awesome. So, so what have you two been working on? Oh boy! So did you see us this morning with the uh, <laughs> yes. the pallet the pallet jack not working? So we were trying to get a bunch of pallets off of a truck and into another truck with just little pallet jacks, not the uh, the not 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 forklift, yeah, yeah, not an actual forklift. Like you had to see. This is a terrifying thing that we used to have to do all the time because it wasn't until we got this current office that we finally actually got a forklift. Before that, we needed any truck to come by or the um, the box truck that we used to have, the old Banshee. If we needed to get pallets on and off of a truck, they needed to have a lift gate. So a, 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 
uh, a platform that go up and down so you can get something from the inside of a truck, bring it down to the ground. Um, which usually involved you go up there with a pallet jack and then you maneuver yourself onto this tiny platform uh, with this pallet of stuff that is maybe four, five, six feet tall sometimes. I was told it needs to be at least six feet tall. If okay. it's over six feet, it's too much. All right. Six feet, perfect. So, <laughs> so yeah, these. Uh, so you get this towering thing, and you just are terrified the entire time that the thing is going to tip over, and, yeah, just all kinds of stuff on the ground. But we've largely been able to avoid that around here because of our forklift, but today our forklift didn't work. And, and eventually Michael came in, and he figured out some magic wire that was fiddly, and was able to to get it to work, but until until he got here, we were like, all right, well, this is going to be a nightmare. Getting a few pallets onto a truck. It was fun. That's a word. <laughs> That's one way to describe it. I mean, at least it was like early morning where it wasn't like terrifyingly hot yet. Yeah, but I decided, oh, I'm not going to be outside today. Let me wear a long sleeve shirt. <laughs> Bad idea. <laughs> it's still baffles me that you just wear that and i'm like you're in the desert it's hot it's cold (laughs) in the office it's not cold it feels great and i'm i could use a hoodie right now it's a little chilly (laughs) so how long have you guys been working on because i think were you two pretty much just like tag teaming like getting all the stuff packed for packs this time around uh we did things a little different where a bunch of people actually like helped. Hmm. I was giving out receipts and everyone that's going to PAX got like a small sack of receipts for shirts that they needed to fetch. And then I loaded them up into the orange containers and then Cedric would help me with the forklift. Cause I don't know how to do that. I've, it's, it's been a lot of people helping this year. So it's gone fairly smooth in that department. Mm-hmm. Other things kind of bog us down. So about how long does did the PAX packing take? I mean, I was doing most of it, like, I don't know, how long has it been? I don't know. I'd say probably about, like, what, a couple weeks? And we were like, okay, it's pretty much done outside of, like, shirts that we couldn't, you know, put in yet just because, you know, bonuses were missing, shirts weren't folded, we didn't have shirts yet. And then there was some other difficulties that happened, and, yeah, it, you know, things happen. Yeah. What kind of difficulties? We're being very coy here. I don't know if we're being coy for a reason or what. Partner deadlines came uh, very late. Yeah, as, yeah. As they always seem to be, mm-hmm. which was a bit of a nightmare for some things, especially since I was still packing some stuff way up until the last possible minute, like this morning. I don't know if we've ever had a packs that didn't involve packing stuff right up until the very last second. It's never happened. I was trying to fix it this year. It was going so smoothly. It's okay. It's always next year. One of these days, we'll get our act together. So it's about like, all right, so it's about, what, two weeks of a bunch of people working on this. So a big project. Yeah, very, very big. I spent a very long amount of time outside in 100 plus degree weather moving stuff. Mm -hmm. Fun. Yeah, I think I'm certain that a couple of people got heat exhaustion, not because we're like forcing people to go out there and spend that much time, but because like it's hard to tell sometimes like how dehydrated you're getting and how much water you absolutely need to be shoving into your body and staying out of the heat as much as possible, which is very difficult whenever you have a bunch of work that needs to be done outside. outside. 
Mm-hmm. Especially it doesn't help when I'm inside of a container, which is like oh, a little hot box, yeah, in a sauna. <laughs> Had a nice little sweat going on for a while there. So, do you know the total weight of the merchandise heading to PAX? A lot. <laughs> Any guesses? <laughs> At least two. Two. Two hundred ish. Two thousand. <laughs> just throwing numbers out there now. <laughs> From two. At least oh, two hundred thousand. Why do you keep sticking with two? Because one is not enough, and three is way too many. What <laughs> you, Cedric? Do you have any guesses? Uh, but ton. Wait, can I curse? I don't know if I can curse or not. <laughs> it's 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 an ongoing question. We'll see. What, we'll see how I feel about it whenever it happens. Because like I'm so far, of... the only thing I've ever had to bleep on this show has been somebody spoiling what they're going to be for Halloween. Uh, yes. Oh yeah, I actually really wanted to know what it was too. I was like, "That's the only thing that gets bleeped." No, I gotta wait. Find yeah, out. I, I guess yep. I gotta wait. Spoilers, you know. So no, like, real guesses. I can I can go for it. All right, as I understand it, we're looking at six thousand three hundred and seventy pounds. So eh, you know, a hair over three tons. Well, I remember it was actually like a big deal one time whenever we actually reached a single ton. It was so exciting to us that we were bringing a ton of things to PAX. And I think that included... The booth? Yeah, the booth itself. (laughs) Oh, no, maybe it wouldn't include the booth. Actually, I think it might have just been the merchandise. I'm not sure. Because I think, especially our, our first booth probably weighed at least a ton all on its own. But anyway, so so what's your favorite project that you've been a part of here at Fangamer so far? I mean, I enjoy packing packs and doing packs. That's been my project. Do you, though? I do. I actually really enjoy it. It gets stressful when things are, like, not happening the way I want it to, but... For but, the like, in, in the end, like, you, you have control. You, you know what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, you're able to manage it and make it happen the way that you think it should happen if you're in that managerial position which is extremely satisfying whenever it all comes yeah. together and then i get to go enjoy myself at pax and i i love chaos and pax is a good chaos zone <laughs> there's a lot of things going on i've heard weddings described as you can never have a perfect wedding you always have to plan for something to go wrong <laughs> and i've taken that to every big event ever that i've done in my life <laughs> something is always going to go wrong so pax is no different pax sure. is like a wedding yes pax is like a wedding but who are you marrying i don't as far as I don't, goes. I don't know yeah. every single one of the customers <laughs> yeah. yeah from what i understand at one of the camps everyone got married so I wasn't here for that one. Oh, yeah, you're not part of the family. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Shame. So everyone who sees this guy at PAX, give him a hug, because he just married each and every one of you. Yep. Mm-hmm. That also means that he should have access to all of your bank accounts, though, which is... That's true. <laughs> He's making this thinking face, and it's just like, oh, what can I do with all this money? Yeah, but they also have access to your bank account, so, like... That's fine. <laughs> yeah, there's only so much mischief you can do whenever when you have total like interchangeability. I think. I mean, if we could pull all of our resu- resources together, look at how much money we would have. Mm. What we could do, it's a lot of money. Just go ahead and just buy that island. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Cedric, <laughs> uh, what you, uh, you've only been here a few months, so you only have so much experience to draw on. So, and which is which is. 
convenient for you because a lot of times whenever I'd ask something like this to somebody, they'd be like, oh man, I've been here for six years and I only remember like 10% of that. I think that I've gotten here in April and it feels like things are moving so fast for me mm-hmm. because I've recently picked up the license for Valhalla, mm. which I got to work with Nina on some things. Am I allowed to say that? Uh, I, mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, you can say that uh, like if it's, if it's products that we haven't announced yet, I would say it's cool to say that there's products coming out. If they've been announced, then feel free to... to they have not been announced, but right. there's some stuff that... I really love and I really hope that the people who love this game like also like it. Like mm-hmm. I'm a pretty big fan of it, so it'll be nice. Just, <laughs> yeah, You're containing your excitement. <laughs> yeah. I can see you containing your excitement. I'm I'm so excited for it. But also when we got to work on the uh the Earthbound documentary with Jazzy. Mm. Oh yeah, that was fun. That was something like completely new to me. I've never been an extra in anything. I've never acted for anything. And it's just it was really interesting to just like see not only see like Jazzy just like completely in her element, completely just like getting stuff done, just like boom, 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 and then you had just all the direction of all the people. And I got makeup done for the first time in my life. I've never <laughs> had makeup before. And they were like, oh, you look the same. I was like, uh, I feel like I got schmutz on my face and all this <laughs> other stuff. And, but that was, it was very enjoyable. And I would love to do it again. For sure. Uh, how many, how many takes? <laughs> uh, so that, that was the funny part of some of them. Like some of them just like, they were very like quick and easy and didn't mm-hmm. take that long. And some of them were just kind of like, well, this isn't right. Well, this isn't right. Well, mm-hmm. let's change this. Let's change this. So it's a lot of like. One, one more time. Yeah. One more time. One more time. One more time. <laughs> and it's like, I can only make the same facial expression so much. And then it just like starts hurting. <laughs> it's like, I can only give the people's eyebrow like for maybe five minutes tops. <laughs> He's doing it right now. Danny's doing it right now. Yeah, that's a lot of practice with that. <laughs> The, uh, the, the, the DreamWorks face, the mm-hmm. famous DreamWorks face. So I pay attention to things. I know the social dynamics. Many of us here at Fangamer were friends or at least acquainted with each other before we started working here. Uh, however, you two were pretty much strangers before you started working together. Yet, so far as I can tell, the friendship that developed between the two of you and the speed and intensity by, with, by which it developed is rivaled, so far as I can tell, only by, like, Erica and Amanda in a very different way. But still, you come to work together, you leave together, you hang out outside of work together. How did this friendship develop? I don't know. He was there. We like things. <laughs> the same things. Surprisingly, a lot of more same things. What was the first time I came here? And it wasn't even for like a job. I just came to like visit. And I met you for the first time. And I was like, oh, he looks like a baby. He's like 18 years old or something like that. <laughs> Turns out you were, like, 24, maybe 25 at the time. I think I just turned 25. And we bonded over something, and I don't exactly remember what. Was it wrestling? Probably. I, th- I think I played the X Factor song. I made Adil play it while we were packing books because it's a great song. It's uh, Uncle Cracker's X Factor theme. It's great. I don't know how to explain it. I'm not going to sing it. It's a really <laughs> good song. Just look up X Factor. F. It's great. It's worth it. It's a good song. Can we get you back for like karaoke so you can sing it though? Maybe. So we've done that too. We've done karaoke. karaoke episode someday. I'm losing count now. 
You can't remember all the kids. They're gonna be you sad. You can't remember time. all your children. That's that's just terrible. A son-in-law. Just remember the favorites. That's probably a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> like everything that he can teach me about fan gamer, and then we just kind of figured out that like, oh, we like some of the same stuff, and now there's a big family tree that he calls me pops now. Yeah, he's pops. He calls me pops. <laughs> Jessica calls me grandpa because they found out I'm much older than them. <laughs> I have I have now acquired a son. I have a daughter and a granddaughter. A granddaughter, a granddaughter. Yep, a granddaughter as well. <laughs> I'm losing count now. You can't remember all the kids. They're going to be you sad. You can't Christmas remember time. all your children. That's that's just terrible. A son-in-law? Just remember the favorites. That's probably a bad thing. <laughs> and you guys also come come in pretty early. Like even whenever I was at my earliest times, whenever after shortly after I had my kid, pretty much as soon as you started coming in, Cedric, you started. You were earlier than most people. You just like a morning person, or was it just from coming over from the the slightly east from here? So funny enough, they're two hours ahead right now. So. <laughs> I shouldn't be a morning person, but I definitely like getting in early and then getting as much work done as possible and then leaving in the afternoon because I've noticed like the longer the day goes on, the later I come in, the more I start to drag in the afternoon, Mm -hmm. but I have the most energy in the morning, sometimes from sleep deprivation, (laughs) which leads to some interesting mornings, (laughs) like dancing in the forest and... Him giving me the eyebrow for some things that I say. (laughs) But yeah, I just, I've always liked getting in early because it feels like I can be the most productive in the morning, like really fast. And then by the time everyone gets here, the plan is basically to have stuff set up for them for the day so that when the day carries on, you know, I'm still working on that. And when I leave, they have enough to work on for when they leave. So, so, in other words, you really are a grandpa because you have yes. that early bird. <laughs> yeah. And I even go to bed early now. It's just like, oh, it's 8 o'clock and I'm, like, so tired. <laughs> and, and Danny, I suppose you just kind of follow along because that's the schedule. Um, or, or are you also just a morning person? When I came out here, I don't know what clicked in me, but starting to have a job and a schedule, I used to wake up at like 6 a.m. and be like, all right, I'm ready to go. And then I wouldn't get until like 10 and be like, man, I need a car. (laughs) (laughs) So so you managed to also, in addition to finding somebody who had a lot of things in common with you, among other things, one thing they had in common with with you was their schedule. Yes, which has worked out perfectly for me. Uh, Yeah, yeah, but at this recording time, which I should say we started recording at... uh, Four o'clock uh, in the afternoon. This is pretty late for you guys. Yeah, we're we're usually getting ready to leave or we're gone by this point in the mm-hmm. day. Though we do have climbing, which usually makes us stay a little later sometimes. Mm. So speaking of that, so that's like an activity. That's one of the uh, outside of the office activities that uh, that you guys do. So whenever I first came to Tucson, I probably stayed mostly in my house or at work for like a couple of years uh, other than like you know, I, i'd like go out and explore restaurants because food is important but other than that like i, I had no 
connection to anything in Tucson much outside of Fangamer. But you guys seem like you're actually like going out and exploring stuff and like attending events and stuff like that. What are some of the, the things that you guys like to do? I guess to start with, like, he's probably the whole reason I started climbing hmm. because he was just describing it to me and I knew I wanted to get out because my day when I first got here usually consisted of coming to work, mm-hmm. going home, playing video games, and then that's it. And then going until the next day. But I was like, I really want to get out and be active and doing stuff. And he's describing rock climbing to me. And it's like, oh, it's a lot of fun. And so like, let, let, just first to be clear, so we're talking about like indoor rock climbing. Yes. Because yes. I, mean, I there is a significant outdoor rock climbing community here in tucson because we have those mountains over there and some people like see a sheer cliff face and they're like you know what i'll climb that but that's not what we're talking about no, we're talking <laughs> i probably wouldn't be here if we were climbing outside Fair. so sometimes i've looked up at those mountains and i'm like maybe <laughs> i mean there's some very um some very attractive looking like spots it's like yeah, yeah. I wonder what it's like right there I'm going to get right there. That I'm never like, going to get right there, but, you know, it'd be interesting. It looks like a good hold. I can, I can climb on that. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, like, also when I was young, like, I was outside and always climbing up trees and stuff like that. So when I got to indoor rock climbing, it kind of felt natural. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I had to learn, like, the shoes are very different. Like, you don't wear, like, tennis shoes. You wear specific rock climbing shoes and... I got taught that, you know, you actually use like your big toe a lot to to help you like stand on certain holds. And it's it's very different from climbing a tree, but I was a very active kid, always climbing things. So it, I'm like, why didn't I do this when I was younger? Like, I had no idea this was a thing that I should have been doing, but I love it now. Cool. So what other kind of things do you use? Is it mostly just you go out and rock climb or do you like... Are there other, like, events and things that you guys have gotten involved with here in town? Uh, I've gone to several wrestling shows at this point here in Tucson. He's been to a few of them. I only got one? to go to one so far, but I loved it. Yeah, mm. it was really good. Uh, but, yeah, mostly Alex has been like, yeah, there's this wrestling thing. You want to go? I'm like, I love wrestling, so sure. So I've been to a lot of bars, <laughs> which is new for me. Sure. As as someone who doesn't drink. Yeah. So new experiences too, like the time he got a lighter thrown in his face. Mm. Yeah, I did have a lighter thrown in my face. That that happened. Just like a rowdy crowd, or did you just did you look at somebody weird? Alex said something. <laughs> and I wasn't really paying attention and I repeated it as a question as if I was snake. And then I got a lighter thrown at my face because the person thought i was the one who originally had said the thing and it was about like a little closer than this distance full on baseball pitch hit him right in square so so about about a yard away yeah (laughs) well (laughs) so here's a question submitted a while back by by friend fangamer metatoni what keeps you motivated i like to stay in the social media channel a lot and just see what people are tweeting at us seeing people get happy about the products that they're getting and like so excited about something or showing something to someone like knowing that there's people out there that really like what we're doing helps, I guess. And I want to keep that up. I want to do good by them. Uh, PAX helps a lot. Seeing a lot more faces there, you know, one-on-one experiences. People are like, yeah, I've been coming to this booth every year. 
I keep buying the same thing because I keep losing the same thing. <laughs> you can never get rid of the gate key. Otherwise, I will never be able to get it again. <laughs> so uh, let me be clear. So about what you mean by the social media channel on our uh, – we have our company Slack and we have so, so many channels that we – a lot of us kind of have to very much limit which ones we're in, otherwise we'll never get anything done. But one of our channels is the social media channel where we have a bot that reposts in there anytime somebody mentions Fangamer on Twitter. As well as, I think, maybe... I don't remember if they do Instagram as well or what. Uh, Tumblr, Tumblr is the only other one I think it, it does. Okay. But yeah, so we get to see... Everything that somebody that people say about us, even if they're subtweeting, and sometimes whenever they do that, they, you know, if it's a customer service situation, our uh, social media guy can be Dan can go in there and be like, "Hey, actually, we can help you with this. Just do just contact orders at fangamer.com or whatever." Uh, which is, you know, it, it can be uh, sometimes stressful to look at, but for the most part, it's very positive. Yeah. So, Cedric, what do you uh, what do you do to stay motivated? I think I got a good answer. And it might be kind of cliche, but it's totally the kind of person I am. And honestly, the things that keeps me going are just the people whom I love and the people who love me very much. Like, I obviously wouldn't be here from so far away if it weren't for the people who care for me. So I also take pride in like, Danny and I share a lot of the same goals. Like we want to see this company do certain things. We want to get more, more people engagement, just a lot more things where we think that, you know, we could excel at and bring more people in the fan gamer. Cause again, like this podcast, it's about our friends. We're your friends at fan gamer. Well, we're also like fans of you just for buying all this stuff for us. So you know, Danny will tell me something that's like, I got this idea for this or this or this. And I'm like, write it down and we'll make a meeting sometime about it. Or we'll, you know, build upon that when the time is right. So the way I keep myself motivated is I get up every morning. He texts me. He's like, hey, I'm ready. And I'm like, all right, time to start another day. You know, some people kind of depend on me for a few things here and there. And in turn, I just kind of. I like to see people, I just like to see people grow and expand. And at the same time, like I get to expand with them just because, especially if we have common goals and, and other things like that, then, you know, everybody gets something like, I'm happy when my friends are happy. If my friends are unhappy, then I'm trying to figure out what's making them unhappy. Like for a while, and I still do this for a while. It's just uh, if Jessica's, if I sense a little bit of unhappiness with her, I'll take a post-it note and I'll draw something and I'll just stick it to her monitor. <laughs> and then she just comes in. She's just like, ah, thank you for the post-it. <laughs> just, just, or she's just like, what is this? Because my drawing is terrible. <laughs> she's like, what is that supposed to be? It's like, it's supposed to be Simba from The Lion King. It's like, but why is he drawn like this? I'm like, look. Just accept the post-it, okay? <laughs> so I asked this one from Danny already, so I'm not going to ask him again. Uh, but so what is your... Uh, like, you, you've been here just long enough to, I think, start start having, like, goals in mind. What's, uh, what's, like, a big goal ahead of you or a dream project, if you will? So going along with, like, Danny and I share the same goals, 
I definitely want to see more community interaction. So I definitely want to see us do, definitely when things calm down a bit more, if they never calm down, <laughs> when they calm down enough to where we can focus on streaming more, I would like to do more certain focus streams with the community and maybe something crazy. Like I play a lot of Smash. Sure. So I would probably do something like, hey, if we ever get a sub button, subscriber tournament, you know, something like that. Or, hey, if you can beat me, I'll buy you a shirt. <laughs> but limit it to like the first three people because sure. I don't want to buy everyone a shirt that beats me because I'm not that great. I'm just. <laughs> you just want to have a, an opportunity to just play people in Smash. Right? Yeah. And I think it would just be fun just to like get to know people that way. Like, I play a lot of fighting games and I'm not like a competitive jerk. I just like competition and having fun and you know just i've met a lot of people through just playing fighting games i met um i met adil through playing fighting games he's like oh you really like street fighter that's cool me too we should play sometime and we played third strike online and i don't think he realized that i played a lot of fighting games because <laughs> i destroyed him <laughs> he's like oh okay <laughs> Who <are> those guys? <laughs> i was like well i don't like play a lot but you know he's like oh you're really good and he's like yeah you really suck <laughs> <laughs> so uh what games are you playing uh right now so currently, I just beat Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Hmm. I was playing Final Fantasy XIV for a bit, but it kind of went to the wayside because other stuff came out. Yeah, online <laughs> games kind of like that's that's a nice thing to like go back to if you like you run out of things. But like, because yeah. those things will never end. Like mm -hmm. online games, it's just a you can pour your life into it, and it'll never pop out a completion <laughs> yeah uh whereas other things you can you know you can play through and finish in a more uh, a more varied experience mm. and then i'm also playing more uh we were playing a lot of monster hunter so that that's been a lot of fun but the expansion's coming out for playstation but we were playing on pc but we both have it on playstation so we're gonna switch back over to playstation i don't know how that's gonna work um <laughs> I picked up Risk of Rain 2 recently, and Danny told me I've been playing an unhealthy amount, because in the first, what, 24 hours, I have all the characters already? Yeah, we started playing yesterday, and he's just going through all of them. I'm like, I don't even have all of them, and I've had this game since it was first out. You just bought it yesterday. What are you doing? I just... I, uh, I'm I'm good at video games, okay. And then, we, and then we played like two rounds, and now I have all the characters. So it wasn't that bad, I guess. <laughs> so, so uh, Danny, what are you playing now? Uh, well, yesterday we played Risk of Rain 2. Uh, that was fun. I bought uh, Rad when it came out earlier this week. Last last week. Uh, I played a bit at PAX, and I was like, yeah, this is fun. So bought it. <laughs> it's still pretty fun. It's... It, it kind of scratches this weird, like, gauntlet type of itch as a roguelike because sure. of the top-down perspective and just, I don't know, it's fun. I enjoy it. It's a good game. So I, I worked with Double Fine a bit on, on a few things, and Double Fine, I think, uh, like, I think they published that game in uh, in North America. I think it's, like, originally, like, Namco, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, so, but I don't really know anything about it other than you know, the artwork that I've just printed a bunch of posters about. Uh, so what is what is Rad about? Uh, so it's a top-down post-apocalyptic post, -a, post, -a, 
post post apocalyptic. They talk about the end of the world. No, that like, wasn't stuttering. I, I assume. Yeah, that's no, like, there was like three. Like the beginning <laughs> credit thing is like, yeah, the world ended once, and then there was another apocalypse, and then another apocalypse. Oh, I thought you were joking. No, that's how the game starts. Oh, <laughs> so it takes place in this post-apocalyptic world that apparently got stuck in like the late 80s early 90s so it's very like retro yeah it's rad <laughs> <laughs> and you just kind of beat up on weird mutant monsters and you have a bar at the top and it you get enough experience points i guess and then you get a mutation sometimes you can have a snake head sometimes you grow wings sometimes you got plant legs it's it just it's a gamble. You don't know what you're going to get. And you just accomplish, like, whatever goal you're set for. And then, like, they said it's a roguelike, so I assume... Like... I haven't gotten that far in it. I've gotten maybe to, like, the third level. Okay, and so... died. All right, so very roguelike, then, yes. insofar as it, it's hard. It, it is hard. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for letting me ask you folks questions and get like getting to know you a bit better. Uh, introduction over. Uh, let's show for Fangamer a bit. Holy, do we have a sweaty stack of launches this week in advance of PAX. If you're going to be at PAX and any of this sounds exciting to you, you can pick it up there. Or, you know, you can order it online like most people. Uh, so first of all, you're both going to be at PAX? Yep. Yes. All right. So, Danny, you've been at several PAXs by now. Yep. Uh, Cedric, you have not. No, this is my first PAX, and I kind of don't know what I'm getting myself into, but... So, so I think this will be a little exciting. So tell me a bit about what you... What, what do you imagine this is going to be like? I definitely imagine it to be a very hectic environment, just because I've been to cons before, but I've never really worked a booth, per se. Like I helped out for like maybe like 10 minutes at a booth or something like so that. So what kind just... of cons have you been to? Um, just like anime conventions mostly, <laughs> but they're kind of like weird. Like it was, it's, uh, in the M- Midwest, there's this convention we used to go to every year called ASIN, mm. which was like anime convention, but it was also like hybrid gaming convention. Cause there was just a lot of gaming stuff there. Sure. So I have friends who, you know, had a booth a couple years here and there just because they would make stuff and, you know, they would sell it there. So occasionally, you know, like they're like, Oh, I need to go get food. So, you know, it was sit at the booth or something like that so i've done that but it wasn't like a big crowd but danny tells me he's like oh so we got cashiers in the booth we got people outside the booth we got people in the back room and i was just like this is nothing like i've ever experienced (laughs) ever so so danny what can you what can you tell cedric to uh to prepare him for this uh this experience he's gonna have have you ever put together like a really big party no Okay. Okay. This is going to be hard. What's the biggest crowd you've ever been in? Mm, is that like... Now, when we say big crowd, it's like a big crowd like that is gathered for something? like Just people around you. I mean, going to a convention type of crowd or going to like a wedding type of crowd? Mix them both together. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, that sounds horrifying. <laughs> Okay, so now you have that in mind. Get ready for all these people in fancy suits and fancy gowns coming up to you to buy things, because that is what PAX is about. 
Well, um, some people in suits. You're going to get some suit people for yeah. sure. Um, you're also going to get some people who are just dressed normal. And you're going to get some people who are dressed uh, as, as one character or another. And that's always fascinating. Especially like how much work people put into some so of detailed it's amazing oh yeah i, I well of course uh, you've been to you've been to trying anime convention yeah so you've, you're you're familiar with the cosplay scene the cosplay scene is amazing mm-hmm. and i that's probably my favorite part of conventions or at least just the one i went to was just seeing some of the stuff that people would come up with i think one of the ones that like just stood out to me the most still to this day was from skyward sword there's a guy dressed up as link and then the the companion for that game, what was her name? Fee, Fi, Fofum. I don't think it's ever pronounced. I think it's because it's, it's all like, that's before people actually started speaking in, in a Zelda. So it's just like, oh, 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 oh. Yeah, it looked like you literally took the model out of the game. Like the mask was perfect. The outfit was perfect. And I have a picture somewhere. I'll have to show you Danny sometime. But it was just, it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And since then, like, cosplay just gets more ridiculous the more and more it goes on like mm-hmm. now you see people in diva mechs like they've made themselves just like like actually laying in a contraption they've built and then just going around the convention it's just like how much time and effort did you put into this and money and <laughs> what's the payoff that's what i want to know the, the payoff i think is having other people appreciate your work that's that's uh, the end, the beginning and end of it, I think. And also just feeling real cool walking around with this stuff, probably. Have you ever cosplayed yourself? Yes. What else? Deadpool. You... Deadpool? <laughs> All right. Pretty straightforward? Yeah, pretty straightforward. I'm just big Deadpool fan and like Marvel Comics fan in general. So Deadpool's one. I would love to do Spider-Man in the future. I would love to do Black Panther in the future. Danny, have you ever cosplayed? Do you have any interest in doing so? Uh, I usually cosplay as myself. <laughs> You're real good at it. I can't tell the difference. Yeah, I'm real good at that. Um, yes and no. I don't know. It, it, like, if, if, the, if the inspiration ever strikes you, you're open to it. Yeah. I mean, I like Halloween, and like I've made props for like Halloween costumes before, like last year. For a second, I thought you were like just really big fan of like Michael Myers and you're just <laughs> ready to go around the anime convention oh, with, no. the, <laughs> with the mask. I no. put it past him. Like <laughs> two Halloweens ago, I went uh, as like a steampunk guy and I made like a whole like robo arm for myself out of foam core and stuff. I guess in a way I've done stuff that would be considered like cosplay adjacent, but I'm bad at like characters like who I want to be and like this is funny because he's like i'm bad at characters but i have a picture of him in the sans mask from like a week ago and you literally look like sans and me and jessica are in agreement that he needs to cosplay sans from undertale (laughs) i i don't who is that character i I don't know (laughs) (laughs) you can't see the face i'm giving him right now but it's just like dead pants there like <laughs> yeah, I, I think the only character I've ever actually cosplayed as is probably like Garnet from Steven Universe. I think it, it takes a lot for me to like connect with the character enough to really be like I'm gonna I'm gonna make a thing. So I will not be at PAX, uh, and if any of our listeners are attending, uh, feel free to say hi to any of the podcast guests you happen to see while you're there. Just you know, try not to hold up the line. They'll also be trying to sell stuff. I mean, I think pretty much everyone that's gonna be there for the most part has been. 
on the podcast if they so. if they work here at the office. Yeah, could be. So basically, just literally anybody at the booth. Just well, I mean, I think Carrie's going to be there. She hasn't been on the podcast. Yeah, but I mean, like in here in the office yeah, itself, the, the office folks for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, doesn't help people at packs who have no clue where any of us just look like. <laughs> Look for a short guy with a hat on. Well, l- listen to voices. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what oh, I'm that's gonna... a little cool game. Just like try and pick up on the voice. But now I got to change my voice for Pax. Like, <clears throat> hi, my name is not Cedric. My name is Danny. <laughs> is this is this an impression of me? No, if, yeah, if I was going to do an impression, you'd be like, <clears throat> hi, guys. My name's Danny. I like wrestling. If you smell what the rock's cooking. No. I see how it is. <laughs> My impression of you doesn't work over the microphone because it's just you being animated, so. <laughs> Not good right now. <laughs> <laughs> just waving arms, pointing. Yeah, gotta, don't can't forget the finger guns. Yep. That's yep. me always. That, yeah, that's going to be a dead giveaway if you're just like, yeah, I'm just always dancing. Yeah, I'm just look for the guy gonna, dancing. Probably going to be dancing at the booth. I mean, in some form or fashion. I don't, I don't know, Danny, if you know that uh, whether or not uh, Super Soul Brothers are going to be there. The Super Soul Bros will be at the booth. Okay, well, there you go. So you'll have plenty of opportunities yes. to dance, absolutely. Anyway, so as for me, I will be attending uh, MAGFest at the beginning of January next year. So if you have a burning desire to say hello to me, feel free to start planning your trip. MAGFest badges, I think, are going to be on sale any day now. Anyway, launches. Let's do it. So for Stardew Valley, which uh, quick update, I'm uh, I'm currently in spring year three and still struggling to find all the artifacts while saving up money to buy Pam a house. You're welcome for that update. Anyway, uh, for Stardew Valley, we have a star drop necklace and a star drop keychain. Star drops are the little fruits you earn now and then in the game that increase your energy bar when you eat them. And apparently they taste like your favorite thing. Danny, Cedric, quick. What do your star drops taste like? Pizza. Uh, chimichangas. <laughs> you gotta think uh, we also have a series of enamel pins including the urn of legacy and leviathan axe from uh, god of war the tank from metal slug a velvet room pin from persona 5 and a set of two characters from the game Greece, which i haven't played Greece. it looks like a beautiful game it kind of reminds me of journey Apparently, it's one of those wordless games that tells a story through the environment and your actions, specifically designed so that your enjoyment of the game is not limited by the language you speak. And that sort of thing is pretty amazing to me. Like, just watching the trailer for the game kind of reminds me of, like, just the amazing things video games are capable of, like, as an art form. Yeah, might have to play that at some point. Anyway, we also have a bunch of shirts launching, including Abyssal Shriek, a Hollow Knight shirt featuring the shade designed by Carrie Fry, Friendly Grove, a Grease shirt designed by John Kay, New Horizons, a Blaster Master shirt designed by Jorge Velez, Divine Path, an Okami shirt designed by my wife, Laura Verdon, The Experienced Traveler, a Journey shirt designed by a recent guest of the podcast, Tony Kucher, Pilgrimage, another Journey shirt, this one designed by Ian Wilding, and Take Your Heart, a Persona 5 shirt designed by Carrie Fry. We also have a set of Persona 5 socks called Delinquent Socks. And finally, we have a Ralsei scarf in which, uh, you know, in case you want to look like Ralsei from Deltarune and have people wonder if your arms are tucked into your robes or if your scarf is your arms. Danny, Cedric, are there any 
other fan, fan gamer products that you particularly like or enjoy that you'd like to recommend our listeners check out or give a second look? Well, there is actually two more shirts that are going to be at PAX. It's the uh, Celeste uh, Not Above Me shirt, which mm. is a battling shirt. Wow. Designed by Nina. And then we also have the Bloodborne Hunter's Dream shirt. That'll be there. It's, All right. It's, a Nina, it's another Nina design. I like it. We're also launching it later. I didn't even know that they were uh, they were a thing. Yeah, I know the the not above me is for sure. The Bloodborne one here we're bringing it to PAX, but we're not launching it till October. Hmm. Anyway, any other not new products that uh, you guys are particularly fond of that you'd like to recommend our listeners check out? I just go by like games I'm big fans of, or a, a big fan of. So like if I had to suggest anything like the games i'm very fond of would be shantae celeste and persona so definitely buy something of those three i mean i have i have seen you rocking them shantae leggings those shantae leggings are amazing if you didn't know we have shantae leggings please buy them (laughs) what about Uh, you danny i mean i constantly wear the windjammers hat now because it's a really nice hat i like it this is Still my first one, but I do have a second one because this one is getting a little uh, run down. You need a spare just in case. Yeah, yeah. I have I have this one, which is my now climbing hat, and then I have my other one, which is my good hat for going out and doing for, things. For fancy parties and stuff. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that's all I have for Fangamer News. Let's move away from the shill zone and into the arid zone. The Arizona legislature passed 321 measures this year, and they all go into effect this week. How exciting. The measures affect a range of things. For instance, there are many professions that require a license in order, in order to operate. For instance, if you are a doctor, you require a medical license. Or if you're a lawyer, you must have been admitted to the bar. Pop quiz. In the state of Arizona, do you require a license in order to be a hairstylist? No. Yes? Okay, wait ahead. The answer is no, not anymore. Oh. (laughs) You used to need to be certified in order to shampoo and blow dry another person's hair for money. But you can now do so as long as you completed a class on sanitation and infection protection. You have to put a sign out that says that you are not licensed or something like that. But how licensed do you really want your shampooer to be? However, you do still need to be certified as a cosmetologist if you want to apply any chemicals to a person's hair. For instance, like if you dye their hair. Other new regulations include, in order to graduate, high schoolers will need to have completed at least one half-credit course on economics. The course must cover basic financial literacy and personal financial management, which seems fair since I know a lot of adults who have a tough time managing their money. Rather than setting money aside in savings or investing in a 401k, they go around on the internet and spend all their spare money on unnecessary stuff like video game merchandise and, um, yeah. You know what? Uh, At... As long as you're paying your bills and taking care of yourself, it's none of my business what you spend your money on. In this era of wildfires roaming across continents, you might think that the legislature might increase regulations on fireworks, but they've actually lightened them. Specifically, fireworks, which are previously limited to being used on Independence Day and New Year's in this state, uh, will now be allowed for use on Cinco de Mayo, which is a celebration of Mexican-American culture and has little to do with the Battle of Puebla today as... Yeah, just like Halloween doesn't have anything to do with All Hallowtide for most people, so we can stop with the well-actualing on that holiday. Anyway, 
Uh, fireworks will also be allowed for use during Diwali, a five-day holiday especially popular with, but not exclusive to, the Hindu religion. So what, what, is the, what is the least impressive firecracker? The little snaps. Exactly. The, the ones that you just kind of like, this little bundle, this white bundle, you throw it on the ground and just dip on, on the ground. Mm-hmm. Those are finally illegal for use in Arizona. Apparently they were not legal before. <laughs> Probably because what we did as kids, we didn't throw them on the ground. We threw oh. them at each other. <laughs> <laughs> I, I imagine most fireworks stuff has more to do, like any regulation on that stuff has more to do with just the fact that a lot of stuff is dry and it's all just basically tender and waiting to go up. Yeah, but, I, would, I would assume throwing them at other people here would be much better than throwing it at the ground. I, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay if you burn. <laughs> and finally, and this is most important, Arizona, the state with the single most lax gun regulations in the country, will now allow its citizens to possess nunchucks. Nunchaku, however you want to call them. Finally! Before, if you were caught in possession of two sticks connected to each other by a string or chain, the state of Arizona could throw you in prison for up to two and a half years, but not anymore. Liberation has come. I'm buying a pair. <laughs> Buy two. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. might hurt myself with two, though. Like, Don't use them. They're for show. You're allowed to have them now. What do you mean for show? What's the point of buying two if I'm not going to be Michelangelo from the Ninja Turtles and just like start flapping them all over the place? I'm just, I'm just like feeling so bad for little fans of the Ninja Turtles, you know, before this week. I mean, like... <laughs> What were they allowed to do? <laughs> so what are the actual uh, description of nunchucks again that they put there? Because I remember in the second movie, Michelangelo uses sausage links as nunchucks at one point. <laughs> Would those have counted? See, the thing is, if they're sausage links and somebody sees you and reports you, like, you can just eat them things and the evidence is gone. Yeah, if you can eat it, you can eat it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well, uh, that's all the news I have from our home of Tucson, Arizona. Let's answer some audience questions. I still don't have any new audience questions since last week, so I'm coming down to the end of my bank of questions. I will need to put a call out real soon, but uh, let's see what we've got in the meantime. From Genopedia, at Genopedia on Twitter, do you play games more on PC or console? Uh, PC. Console. Mm, Oh, we've got a fight brewing over here. What's the attraction to the PC? Uh, I've just always had a computer in my life, and I don't know, I first played Pokemon on a computer, so it's just how, it's where I gravitate towards. I like the mouse and keyboard. It feels more comfortable. Sure. So what's the what's the attraction? What's the allure of the console? Being able to sit on the couch and play. <laughs> well, I, just, I like relaxing and playing. So like having to sit at a keyboard for hours on end is not well. It wasn't super appealing until I discovered World of Warcraft. I imagine most of us can like switch back and forth pretty easy, yeah. but. Um... I know that I started off very much on the, for console because most of my computers like that I had growing up weren't great for gaming, but the console always did exactly what it needed to do. And then at some point, 
I, I think whenever, especially whenever I had like a roommate and I started spending a lot more time just sitting at my computer, like I didn't want to move around. So it was just more convenient to just start playing more, more games on the computer so that I could just do everything from the same seat and never have to worry about where am I sitting in this house. But now I am a father and that means I can only play video games in certain uh, certain situations and I can't just sit at my computer all the time. I'm chasing a kid. So uh, I'm, I think I'm rolling back to consoles again just because uh, they're, they're generally more convenient for me to be able to actually do any... Because especially consoles, I find are more more suited to me just like putting it into a rest mode, so I can come, I can stop at a moment's notice and come back to it, and it's waiting for me. Whereas PCs, some of them are capable of that, but sorry, I guess it really depends on the game. Yeah, yeah, you really can't like put a online game to rest. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I hope that answers Genepedia's question. From Lorenzo via email. Hi, friends. I've been a longtime fan for years and love your products, attention to detail, and for being so gosh, such gosh darn nice people. I have a few questions for you. One, what do you think Fangamer's most ambitious project has been? I mean, I have to say the Earthbound documentary. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's an ongoing project that's been in process for years. That That's, yeah. That's the only thing that's been going on this long and isn't done yet. <laughs> yeah. So that that's my answer, the Earthbound documentary. Just because of how much it took out of people, I'm going to have to say the Bloodstain project has been mm. pretty ambitious because it's like that game definitely had something to live up to, especially with Ego behind it. So it's like, oh, a new Castlevania game that, you know, people really want. So it's just as important for us to provide for that game and that's kind of like it's it's a big uh that's a big task to take on for sure i i, I think it's uh it's interesting that danny's danny your your thing was the earthbound documentary which has been going on for a long time and it's involved a lot of people but for the most part it's being carried by a single person which is jazzy mm-hmm. yeah it's it's definitely the longest one and it involves like a lot of stuff like you know, we traveled to japan and and uh interviewed itoi for it and i think that was just lots lots of aspects to this but then we have the bloodstain which involves a lot more people and it's also technically still ongoing and that definitely had there's a lot of pressure a lot more pressure because with the Earthbound documentary, we were really catering to a to our uh, to our relatively niche audience, whereas Bloodstained was a much more public face where we were working with like a legend of the industry. So I think you guys both make a pretty good case. Number two, how does making official merchandise change the process designing your products? Do you encounter any friction from brands or their management? I'll go ahead and take this one because I don't know how much. <laughs> You guys really do the official merchandise stuff. This would be a really good question for Noah, actually. But So official merchandise, it really depends on who we're working with. Some folks are a lot more protective of making certain that anytime characters are depicted or anything like that, they stay very on model. And some people are a lot more open to interpretations of their characters. It's just a matter of figuring out how do we work within the bounds of those limitations and still make a good product, which... There's a lot of times where the creativity comes in. Every once in a while, we do get really attached to a product idea that we propose to uh, a company, and then for you know, for whatever reason, they're just not down for it. It can be a little disheartening, but 
you know, it's not our property, so like, you know, we can't really blame them. Uh, and I think that's the closest we come to friction from uh, brands like that. If we expect to have a lot of friction with uh, with people, then we're just not going to work with them. So it's not usually a thing that really is a problem. Number three, are there plans to collaborate with other game-centric brands? I remember the Fort 90 gallery, and it was a blast. I don't think we have any plans right now to collaborate with other game-centric brands. So I know that. Not, not clue. It's been a while since we did an art show, uh, which, again, was that, that's the Fort 90 stuff, uh, which was fun and cool, but now, like, PAX is, like, so just... It's so big for us that we can't really divide our attention like that. And in a lot of ways, we probably shouldn't have been dividing our attention in that way, even whenever we were doing that. Yeah, so they say, uh, thanks, and you're all the best. Well, thank you, Lorenzo. That's so nice to hear. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I've got one last question from Kirkland before we close out the show. Who are your Smash mains? Random. Random. Always. I can attest to that. He always picks random selects. My main's <laughs> random. Um, Second main fair. is Incineroar, but that's because of wrestling. Far, far, uh, far second. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I played Zelda a lot all the way up into this iteration of Smash. And I'm a big Persona fan. So when Joker came out, I literally like squealed like a little schoolgirl. And that's been my now main ever since and i challenge anyone in the office no one can beat me when i pick joker oh that's uh you should play toby sometime i got to play him but not one-on-one oh yeah yeah it's it's a it's very different whenever you have that full group dynamic thing going on toby you owe me a match (laughs) (laughs) throw down the gauntlet now that's what i like to hear (laughs) i actually have like like I have a different main depending on if 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 I think it's gonna come down more to uh to a sort of a dual situation I pick usually like uh, I think probably now Daisy and if I'm playing against a big group then I'll actually main Bowser because I feel like he can soak up a lot of that that chaotic damage that other people do and then either way I can I think Jigglypuff works pretty good or not very well either way so <laughs> depends on who's going for you yeah exactly well thanks a bunch for helping me answer some audio questions we, again we are we are out so uh <laughs> listeners if you have any questions you'd like to ask us please send them to us you can email your questions to your friends at fangamer.com or you can tweet them to at fangamerfriends. you can also send us audio questions or stories or speeches or whatever uh we have only ever gotten one of these and it was awesome so you can send audios to us through Anchor or simply by recording yourself and emailing the audio file to your friends at fangamer.com. Whether via text or audio, you can ask us pretty much anything and we'll do our best to either answer sincerely or possibly just goof on your question. But usually we answer sincerely. I think we've only really goofed a few times. Anyway, we'll do whatever feels right at the time. I guess it really depends on the question. We're all experts on the subject of fangamer, but in addition to that, I'm an expert at... Multi-class mechanics in 5th edition D&D. What are some of your areas of expertise outside of Fangamer, Danny and Cedric? Professional wrestling. I am pretty good at teaching games to people, be it fighting games or just any game in general. And I am a certified number one best hugger in all of the U.S. All right. Pro game strats and pro hugging strats from Cedric. (laughs) Anyway, that pretty much does it for this week. Any final thoughts? 
Why? Why always the finger gun? Why <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know they can't see it, right? But I made the sounds this time, so it's like... Mm, that's a good point. That there's an audio uh, portion to it now, so I think people can understand that whenever you hear... <laughs> that's, uh, that's the Cedric audio gun. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Cedric finger guns. That's how you know I'm on. It's like anytime I just do finger guns. I'm just shooting up whoever's my co my co uh, person. Why does you got to be so violent? Because uh, I have a lot of kids that I've now acquired somehow. Congratulations. And that go. leads to violence. That was <laughs> Let's go climbing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much, Cedric and Danny, for joining me this week. If you listeners would like to support this podcast, please consider buying something from the Fangamer store. This podcast does not exist without Fangamer. Alternately, just share us with your friends, tweet about us, or even tweet at us. Thank you, Super Soul Brothers, for the music in this podcast, and thank you, listener, for listening. We're your friends at Fangamer. Let's plan on hanging out again next week, and hey, try to make someone smile today. Bye! Later! Bye.